Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem Tes in Maseches Sukkah, completing our, uh, or midway through our last full week of Maseches Sukkah. Next week, a new Masechta, but before that, we are doing the famous procedure of the Nisu Chamaim, the joyous procedure of Shaftem Maim Besasson, a beautiful procedure indeed, and we're going to be discussing it further today. Tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, we'll get to Simchas Beis um, when we finish the parak and start the new parak, our la- last parak of Sukkah starts tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, live at Bnei Jacob Shire Zion. But first, three lines up from the bottom of Amchesim Bez, the two dots, Tanar Banam. We start with the pouring of the Nisachamayim. As we mentioned, the last of the Chashmonayim, the Bnei Torah, Alexander Yanai. Uh, a guy that was not Tocho Kiboro, as they say. He was not really inherently such a good dude. And for eight years, he sort of gave the feshivish, if you'll call it, right? The facade of, right? Some sort of noble uh, sort of Ben Torah aspect to him, at least uh, in public. But that all came crashing down, literally and figuratively, as he poured it down the drain, literally and figuratively at his feet, though. He denied the practice of Nisuch in public, and this was a watershed moment, no pun intended, I don't even know if there's a pun there, for the Tzduki movement, we'll call it. And that really started the time period where people would, at that day, very, very famously, as Josephus records, he was pelted heavily with estrogim, okay? And that started a massacre of 6,000 people, and that was where the Tzdukim started to show their true strength. And it became that which was just a tension uh, up to that point was becoming like getting to military proportions at that point. And so a real, real friction in Klal Yisrael. Tzdukim, I remember, I think it must have been right around 1990. It was in the early 90s. I was in YU and Rav Vadya Yosef came and he spoke at the Lamport Auditorium. He started talking passionately about Karayim and Tzdukim. I think he was talking about present-day Karayim and Tzdukim. I was lost, to be honest. But um, the passion, I think it runs through the whole idea, right? Just like, this is an issue, this is sort of more like a power struggle, right? Just like when Moshe Rabbeinu, who had, as we mentioned this week, the Aspaklaya Meira, just like he, right, when you get the Tarsha Bechsav, so the written word is what it is. But not everybody gets to Darshan it. There's a Masora, there's a Tarsha Balpeh. This, who are the custodians of the Tarsha Malpeh? This Mesorah was always under some degree of fire because there's always going to be resentment to the Mesorah. Why should your pshat be better than my pshat? Well, the reason is because there's a Mesorah and there's a Mesorah for a reason. The Gemara is very intellectually honest, filled with questions, always trying to pinpoint. And if one is sincere and humble, and we will talk today a lot about chesed, sincerity, and humility, um, when one has that sense of humility and sincerity, so then they see that there is a Mesorah and they try to stay true to the Mesorah. When a person has an agenda, they become, uh, and they want to be self-aggrandizing, so then they have an agenda where they want, they become resentful of those who are, so to speak, the chosen ones. This is a microcosm of sometimes the anti-Semitism where the Umas Olam look at the chosen people that way. Anyway, the Tzdukim are going to say, why is your interpretation better? Anything that was smelled of um, the Chazal and the Tarsha Balpeh as the Prushim and the Rabbanon interpreted it, they rejected. And so Nisuch while it is, as we said, Daraisa, 
It's more different Nevi'im. See Rabbi Dr. Genius, Rabbi Dr. Kelman in Shomrei. Uh, he gave the share on Shabbos, explaining that what the Rambam means when he says different Nevi'im. There's some ambiguity there, but be that as it may, he holds that it could be Minatora. And we saw already when when we discussed the source for it, that that it has no actual Pasuk in the Chumash, but it is very strongly alluded to, and therefore, and is a, either that or a Halacha Lemoshe Bissina or some combination therein. And therefore, it is certainly we consider it to be Doraisa, albeit not explicit. This is exactly the kind of thing that drove the Tzadukim crazy. And so, Alexander Yanai would have none of it, and he poured it at his feet. So let's read it inside now, three lines up at the two dots. We already know who that is. Shenisech al Gabi Raglav, right? Poured it on his feet. Urgamu kol ha'am be'estrogam. The entire nation pelted him with their estrogam. Ve'oso hayom nifkima keren ha'misbeach. Interesting. The... Karen, right? We know the Mizbeach had the four Amma by Amma by Amma, right? Horns on top of it, and it was damaged. Nifgima. Okay. Rashi. Ayyadei Avanim Shazarkubo. This becomes some discussion uh, among the Mefarshim. What do you mean Avanim? We just said Asrogim. Well, Asrogim can't break a Mizbeach. So Rashi deduces that it must be that even though it looked, this is one way to explain it. There's other ways to explain it, but I think the straightest way to explain it is Let's say 95% of the people are throwing a strogim. It looks like an avalanche of a strogim. But there are a couple of people in there who are really looking to cause some damage. And so they, in lieu of a strogim, picked up some actual rocks. And it was those rocks who had the power to really hurt someone or, as it turned out, break the Mizbeach. This internal conflict within Klai Yisrael um, eventually would lead to the destruction of the base of Mikdash. But that's not yet. And this, this is obviously by Shani. What happened here... Now we're talking about the uh, damage that was done to the Mizbech. Now, when that damage was done to the Mizbech, they tried to do a temporary repair. As it says, bul shel They brought a fistful of salt and concealed the damage. Um, some find, some of Farshim explain that this fistful, Tosfos, I believe, says, uh, finds significance in this amount because there is a discussion, uh, we will see, not here, but there is a machlokas, okay, um, in, ke- in Keperik Kama of Chulin, as Tosu is going to say, in Dafir Ches and Chulin, there's a discussion about what would be the amount that would be have to be destroyed and damaged and missing in the Mizbech in order to have a shear of Pagum, as we'll see. In other words, if the Mizbech is missing any one of its components, be it the ramp or the platform or the sovev or the kranos, it is puzzle, and then you can't use it. So that's very important. And the question becomes, if one of those things is not entirely missing, but only a little bit of, a miss, of it is missing, is that considered still puzzle? And the answer is, well, that's a machlokas in, uh, in Chulin, as we uh, mentioned. If it is damaged to some extent, then it is, in fact, puzzle. So this is Rashi brings that over here also. That it says, why did they do the bush of Melch? And even the Gemara says, watch this. Right? So, Putting this temporary sort of um, temporary filling, to use a dental term, right over there to make it look right to keep the dimensions is not going to be enough. There's two different things. So Rashi is going to explain here, sort of like the tzvei didim, right? The um, 
the idea that there's two things. First of all, it's not that just because they restored it doesn't mean it was usable because they didn't really restore it. They temporarily restored it, but it is nonetheless important to restore it for the cover of the Mizbech. So this is all the last lines of Rashi and Beis. It says, Lomi Pnei not because it's going to be kosher to use for Avoda, right? So there's kosher Avoda and there's Kavod. The kosher Avoda you're not going to establish until you actually fill it in afterwards, right, with all the limestone and, and the um, and the materials that, right, that, that the Mizbeach is supposed to be made out of. But until then, at least it won't have the lack of cover that, that it looks like somebody took a bite out of it. That is um, disrespectful, and therefore we're going to at least put in with salt a temporary filling for that. Um, um, I'm looking here at the art school note. I see that there is a Rambam that holds um, in Shuvas that, that this is the shear, the fist-sized notch is the shear of the Pogam in the Mizbeach, and the Chacham Tzvi writes that, that this Gemara is the source. Very good. Okay. So, as we say, that the reason why they had to do this, and the reason why it still was Pogam, is because, as the words, first words in Memtes Amid Aleph say, Shekol Mizbeach she'en lo, lo kevesh, velo karen, velo yesod, velo ribuah puzzle. Right? So that, puzzle avoda rather. And then Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda Omer Af So that's what we had. Um, this idea that Rabbi Yossi Bar Yehuda said that also the sovev uh, is is necessary. Um, so again, it sounds like it sounds like over here where it says that it has to be missing, right? If it doesn't have the ramp, what are these things? Kevish is the ramp. Karen are the horns. Yisod, as we said, is the base, and then the ribu is the actual square shape torso, so to speak, of the Mizbeach. If any of those things are missing, so then, of course, it's disqualified, and Rabbi Yossi adds the, so, the uh, Sovev. But this is where the first Tosas from Tessam and Aleph has to point out, because uh, Yitzit asked, well, if just a little is missing, this statement, right, makes it sound like it needs to be entirely missing in order to be possible. So that's why Tosas points out, Vezesha Krono Nifkema, right, Havale Karen Kemandalese, right, the fact that it's Pogum, it's as if it's not there. Uh, and once it's as if it's not there, right? As the Tosfos goes on to explain, the goes against what the Ramam holds. Tosfos holds that it has to be the smaller amount of the Yatzba, like it says in the Parakam and Chulin. So there, there was a Machlokas. Perhaps there it implies that it would be a finger's breadth, and here it implies because of the amount of salt that it's a fistful. But be that as it may, just a portion, sort of like chewed out, of that area would be as if that piece was missing entirely, and with that piece missing entirely, the Mizbeach is puzzled, but you do temporarily restore it anyway for Kavod. Okay. So now, Amar Bar Barachana, Amar Biochanan, three lines down in Mimtesim Aleph, we're going to get into the Shisin. We already talked about this, right? The nostrils on the southwest corner of the Mizbeach, where you pour down the Yain and the Maim, we pointed out that they go down into plumbing, and Rashi started to explain the plumbing and where it goes into Shisin, and said the Shisin are uh, deeper below. Now, how much deeper below? We, we could not have known. Rashi did not say, but wait till you see how deep they go. This is not a sump pump. This is deep, deep, deep. As we see the following. It goes down so deep, and in fact, the sort of like the plumbing that we connect the Mizbeach to, so to speak, 
into those, right, into those, uh, you say, tunnels, so to speak, or, um, right, tributaries or whatever, the, the, into, the, into the natural plumbing beneath the Mizbeach, that was always there from Shesh's Mebrashis. Amazing. Why would you say that? Shenemar. Because it's alluded to in a Pasuk and Shir Shir. What does the Pasuk say? Follow with me here. Chamuke Yerechaich, the concealed uh, thighs, your concealed thighs, are kamo chalayim ma'ase yedei aman, are like fine jewels, okay, the handiwork of a of the master craftsman. Okay, so your thighs are like jewels, the handiwork of the master craftsman. Uh, okay, uh, quite quite a uh, quite a comment. Says the Gemara, it's going to take apart each word as it so often does. Chamukhi rechaich. So what are these? What are these concealed thighs? Well, it makes sense elu hashisin that these would be right the right the the plumbing the pipes as I call it that go down beneath the mizbech. Why? Because it's like legs. They are look like, or at least you could see why it'd be an allusion to legs that are concealed, just like thighs are concealed. The legs or the pipes beneath the mizbech are in fact concealed, right? Kemochalayim. And then the next phrase, Kemochalayim, Chalayim could also be like Mecholalim, like a Chalil, uh, as we'll say tomorrow, uh, which is a flute, but Chalil Chalal is a space. In Israel, everybody tries to turn their Chalal or into their Machsan into extra living or storage or commerce space. So, these, so jewels is the technical word, but Shemechololim Viyordiman Hata'am that they are like a halal, a hollow that goes all the way down, whoa, to like the kernel of the earth. Wow, that's very deep indeed. Okay, and then Maisei the Amon, who is this master craftsman? The handiwork of the master craftsman. Who would it be other than a Kaddish Baruch Hu himself? So, you put it all together, it turns out that you have the, the thighs that are concealed, referring to the pipes, beneath them is Be'ach. The fact that they are halalim somehow alludes to the fact that they reach all the way de- to the, de- the deepest of the depths. And they are not man-made, but divinely made. And so, put it all together, Sheshis made Breshis, must have been, they were created then. Like, when would they be created if not then? And they're part of nature that they go all the way down to the Tahom. Beautiful. Okay. That's the... Statement in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Now, Tanah Bei Rabbi Shmuel. It was learned in the Academy of Rabbi Shmuel. Bracious. You don't need all this, and you don't need the pasuk in. <laughs> you don't need the pasuk in Shir Shir. You don't need to go further than the very first word in the Chumash. Bracious. Look at that. Atikri bracious ella bara shis. You can't spell bracious without shisim, right? They are, in fact, in the very first word. In the Torah, referring to the plumbing that goes down from the Mizbeach. What is so significant? What is so significant about this plumbing that it would be alluded to in the very first Pasuk of the Torah? Fascinating indeed. I'm told that the Maharsha explains the Gemara's reasoning for this, but um, I didn't see, I don't have a Maharsha with me uh, over here. But um, it's fascinating. Uh, we will see soon. We will see soon. Uh, there is there's deep significance, right, to the root, 
the root, the Mizbech, and the root and the base of Mikdash of our Avodah Hashem and what it represents. And so perhaps in that light, it will become a little bit less right surprising that is that these Shishin were in fact alluded to in the very first Pasuk in the Torah. Okay. Now, another Brysa regarding the Shishin, Tanya Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shishin Mechololun Biordin Ad Tahom. That the shisin are hollow and they reach it to the depths, as we've already said. Shanamar, and he has a different pasuk. This pasuk is in Isaiah, Parak five. Ashira nali didi shiras dodi lacharmo. Okay. Um, and the pasuk continues to say, in a parable way, Karim hayala li didi be karim ben shaman. Huh. Very interesting. I'm going to sing a song. A song. A song about how much my friend loved his vineyard. I can't think about this without thinking about that guy Mendlowitz. Uh, remember that guy Mendlowitz in, uh, what was the name of that place? Moshav Yishi, right. Menachem Mendelitz. He lived in Moshav Yishi, which is across from, across from Beit Shemesh. He used to live in Beit Shemesh, and he just made this beautiful, beautiful Airbnb, we'll call it. Okay? Sometimes in Israel it's called a simmer. And just all the work, all the landscaping, all the thought. So I'm going to sing a song now, right, to my beloved. We'll say what the words mean first, and then the Gemara is going to explain Right, what it's all alluding to. So he had a vineyard. In this case, it was like a um, right one of the vineyards uh, areas of let's say Yerushalayim, we'll call it, or Kramim near Telstone. Okay, so Karen Didi be Karen Ben Shaman. Karen Ben Shaman is a very fertile corner. Uh, Rashi says beautifully, the second wide line, Be'eretz Yisrael Zavis Hashminami Kol Aratzos. So already we see the illusion that my friend had a beautiful vineyard in Israel, right? So already we're starting to get the coordinates here, the location of what we're talking about. Fascinating thing. He circled it with a fence and cleared away the stones. Beautiful, beautiful uh, illusion, as Rashi says. He put in, right, important, like, Bate Midrashim, and and he had strong cities and the clearing away of the stones is Klomar says Rashi Pineha Umos Mipnehem The clearing away of the bad influences, right, of the worst of the Gentile nations that were going to influence. So this is Hashem, right, preparing the way, making the world's most beautiful simmer, right, um, a vineyard in the most beautiful corner of the earth, which is Israel where he clears away all the stones and the crabgrass and and he plants it with the best possible shoots. And inside he makes a beautiful building. Not only that, he's got even a beautiful yekev, right? A vineyard or a wine vat, as it were, inside that tower. And he's just made himself kramim, right? The beautiful sort of wine-themed Zimmer, Airbnb, the most gorgeous one on earth in a beautiful spot. This is prime boutique uh, Airbnb indeed, and it is very much in demand. So, 
How are you going to explain now these aspects of the Pasuk as follows? How, how does this go back to the Shisin? We're going to see. We're going to see. First of all, right? So already we've established that this is in Eretz Yisrael. So now, is the base of Mikdash. That's the choicest of shoots. And this is what I was talking to before. Um, Rashi, beautiful idea. Not o Right, he's planting the most beautiful seeds here and roots. Ze base ha Mikdash shu shorshan ikaron. That the base of Mikdash is the ikr and the source and the root of this idea of of mechavam lifnei hamakom, and in so doing, it is very much something that draws Klal Yisrael to Kadosh Baruch Hu, draws Kadosh Baruch Hu to Klal Yisrael. Definitely representative of a close uh, connection there, and so. Once you say that, so within this, you have the shisin, which are in fact what? These wine-filled sort of vats, if you will, pipes, but vats, right? In the Mizbeach, uh, that is in the base of Mikdash. And that is the source of the shisin. Now, that's, that seems to say that they are a hollow area underneath the Mizbeach. Because after all, it says that that's how all of this was built, and in fact, it was inside of it. So that makes it seem like, in fact, they're underneath the Mizbeach. Uh, it it sounds also right, like not only not only does it sound like um, uh, that they are underneath the Mizbeach in terms of location, but it almost sounds like, and this is where you have to kind of follow the logic of the pasuk if you want to. It zeroes in closely, yeah, but surely, right, into the most important part of the Mizbech. So whereas you start, right, we're just, we're going to say, this is a beautiful carib, and you get slow, closer and closer. It's in Eretz Yisrael. It's in the base of Mikdash. And it seems to zero in. You want to say, oh, it's going to zero in on the Kaddish HaKadoshim. But in the context of the Mizbech, it zeroes in into where the wine was poured down. And so that seems to imply that this was, in fact, um, sort of like the source now it becomes less surprising the beret sheet because it almost sounds like everything was built off of that source. It's almost as if that was, so to speak, built first and then everything built on top of it uh, in order to allow it. So we see the unbelievable significance, whereas yesterday we may have thought, oh, that's just sort of like the plumbing where we can get rid of all of the uh, wine. Now we see, oh, that which we thought was like waste management is really the source of everything. It predated and preceded everything, both in terms of physically as well in terms of conceptually. Um, amazing. Um, the art school quotes uh, Yerushalmi that teaches that the earth used to create Adam Arishon was taken from this location and that that perhaps is where the Shisim, in fact, um, you know, that's where the Haladat Shisim are from. That's quite, that's quite, uh, it's quite amazing. That is, Said Beferish, as the article quotes, by Tzofnas Paneach. So, and amazing that this is, in fact, right, where Adam is from. He's from that airspace of the Shisin, is literally where Adam is from. Incredible, incredible. And then the article quotes from Gedalia Shore. This is such interesting stuff, and this is such a short, small daf that I can't resist pointing out that he explains that this 
cavity, right? This airspace from which um, the earth that man's made of symbolizes man's bechira chafshis, free will. Because why? Because there is that is the room that's left for man to choose freely between good and evil. And that is in fact tachlas abriya, and that is why it is not, again, surprising that it is bereishis, that at the very, very word, first initial word that symbolizes creation, all of these things are in fact, right, described. And in fact, right, when you talk about wine, we know the wide range of things that wine can be used to, used for, it is the ultimate, right, kiddush and kadosh and holiness is always associated with Right, a coast shell bracha, always associated with yain. And yet we know that humans in their most debased right form with the least amount of bechira, with the least amount of refinement, that it also is could be alcoholism and wine induced. And so it is no surprise that wine, bechira chafshis, this hollowed out piece of earth, all of it comes and culminates in this very, very basic lesson that we thought was just a throwaway idea of the shisin, that were the waste management of the wine, and turns out, symbolically, one can build literally the entire tachlis abriya, the whole purpose of the earth, which is actually, right, not to get too philosophical, but it's the bechir chafshis of man that becomes the tachlis abriya, and it all is alluded to in these amazing pipes on the Mizbeach. Look how you take one aspect and you can really see Incredible, incredible depth therein. Okay. All right. So, where were we? Ah. So, we said that the Shisim were formed during the Briasa Olam. Now, the problem is we have a Brisa that makes it sound like the Shisim were actually made uh, by man. That it was actually plumbing done by man. Uh oh. Tanya says in the Brisa Amar Bilazar ben Sadak. Lul katan haya ben kevesh lamizbeach. Like the fancy showers that we see, where you don't see the drain in the middle, but like a nice little charitz, what they call like a like a groove between the ramp and b'marava shel kevesh on the western half of the ramp. You have a little groove. Ve'echas l'shivim shana pirchekuna yordim l'sham, and that is where the uh, wine poured down. Okay, and so once every seventy years they would get like the younger kahanim They gathered up the congealed, decayed wine of seventy years worth that collected in there. By then it's so congealed it looks like like something like figs, cakes. Then they would come and they would burn it. Now this is very interesting um, for a number of reasons. First of all. Uh, seventy years in congealed, uh, congealed wine. Okay, why does this make it seem like? Why does it make it seem like it's man-made? Let's see. First of all, the fact that they would go down there and they would take it out. So at this point, the Gemara thinks from the Brisa that the very fact that it's retrievable makes it so it's probably not going down to like the center kernel of the earth, right? You're not lowering down young Kohanim. Right, I, however many thousands of miles it is to the to to the lava filled center of the earth, right? So what's so whatever it is, it has to be that it had to be a somewhat man made, right? Because it's just a little bit shallower than than that which you would expect to be created right at creation. Now the Gemara is going to say, I'll give it away now. You could have had a filter there, right? This I can't not think. When I think of the congealed, this is going to be gross, uh, the congealed wine, 
right, uh, that are found in the shisin, it makes me think of the filter that one finds. Do you ever wonder in the dental office where all the suction goes? <laughs> You're suctioning, right, all kinds of things out of someone's mouth, depending on the procedure. It could be a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of stuff. And um, I don't do this much in orthodontics, but I have seen the other side of that where you have to clean out the filters. And so it traps a lot. It traps a tremendous amount. And it looks just like this, like congealed wine, one, one might, uh, might say. Be that as it may, this is really what they did. They went and they, and, they would, um, and they would basically clean it out so that the wine could continue to flow. So I'll give it away. I mean, obviously, it sounds like there was a filter here. That, that's really where we're headed at. But in the absence of a filter, you can understand why this would be surprising. By the fact that you would go and take out these pieces of congealed uh, wine, it's less likely that it's, um, that it's going all the way down to the kernel of the earth. It's more likely that it's some man-made aspect. Let, let's look more a little into it as follows. Says the Pasuk Shanama. As the Pasuk says already, uh, this is in actually uh, Sefer Baminbar. Bakodesh Haseich Nesech Shechar Hashem. Right? This is describing the right the nisuch of the uh, yain of the korban tamid, and it says you pour it right for Hashem nesech shechar la Hashem. Basically, yain right nisuch hayain la Hashem. Says the Gemara as we turn to Mount Testament Bays, kashem shenisucho bikdusha kach sreifaso bikdusha. Right, just like the nisuch hamayin was done bikdusha because it's la Hashem. So so too. Right when you when you burn it, you have to burn it to Hashem for Hashem, which means that you do it in kedusha in an area of kedusha. So what's going on here? So here I kind of have to uh, say what Rashi is explaining over here, which is the brisa is talking about the location, right, for burning the the remaining of, of the of the wine, right, the congealed wine, but the brisa, right. It doesn't have to bring a pusuk for that. So Rashi, basically, what he's saying over here is that really this is, should be obvious. In other words, the, we're bringing a pasuk of kodesh kodesh, but that that's okay. But really, it's just pure logic, right? In other words, if you don't clean it, they're going to fill up, and you're not going to be able to pour anymore. So really, you don't need anybody to teach you that. But in fact, we do have to learn that we're going to burn it. So be that as it may, right? Because our focus up until now has been not the burning of this of this congealed yain, but more the focus of where is it going. But be that as it may, the Gemara is going to tease out from the context of burning it what's going on here. This seems to be some aspect of retrieving this congealed yain. So the Gemara, my mashma, what are we learning from this Pasuk? So the Gemara explains, Amar Vina, Asya Kodesh Kodesh. Well, we learn the Gzair Shav Kodesh Kodesh. Kshiv Hachav Kodesh Haseich Nesach. Uksiv Hasam Usaravta Sanoisa Be'esh Lo Yachel Ki Kodeshu. Well, first of all, with respect to the burning, right? The question of the Gemara here when it says my mashma is, why is this, first of all, talking about burning? Who said anything about burning? We didn't say anything about burning. But the Pesach says, Where is that a source for the burning? That has nothing to do with burning. So you say, yes, that's true, but we do have a Gzair Shava. Just like it says, We know how do you handle noisa, that which is left over? You burn it. So just like it says, right, by, by um, that by nosar, so similarly, over here, when it says kodesh, 
it just like over there, that which is nicer, it's Kodesh, and therefore you burn it. We learn from that, anything that's Kodesh, you are going to burn. Okay? Fine. So, so Rabbi Lazar, Bartzadok, therefore, is talking about a, a relatively small space. Right? In other words, that seems to be an indication, the fact that it's retrievable. After all this is said and done, it, as we said before, seems to be against the Rabbanon, who makes it sound like these pipes are giantly, giantly created from the very first uh, initial creation and then um, going into an endless abyss. If that was the case, why are we talking about retrieval and burning altogether? It was just go into an oblivion. Says the Gemara, Kaman Okay, so we have this machlokas. So Blazim Sadok thinks it's shallower. Rabbanon think it's an endless abyss. So let's let's try this mission in Mi'ila on for size. Says the Mishnah, the Sachim Well, it goes like this: at the beginning of when you are Ma'akadesh, right, the Yain to be using Nisachamayim. What is Me'ila? Me'ila is the misappropriation of Kodesh funds. We have already learned, and we're going to bring it up now, that once it's served its mitzvah purpose, it's no longer a problem of misappropriation of funds. It's already served its mitzvah purpose. Until then, you cannot use it. So certainly, Betchila, there'd be an Isra of Me'ila. Yardu l'shisin and malbim. However, once they've gone into the Shisin, boom, no more Me'ila, right? And, and this is where, um, okay, so that's the, that's the first thing. Uh, as Rashi says, right, third uh, line in Rashi, which is to say that they don't serve a purpose anymore. So the Havamina here is like this, says the Gemara. It sounds like this is already Rebbe Lazim Why? Because only according to Rebbe Lazim up until now, the Gemara assumes that it's retrievable altogether. Meaning, once it goes to the Shisin, we're saying that there's no Me'ila. Well, if it's going into an endless Tahim, as Rabbi Safar would say, if it's going into the abyss, so then why are we even learning that? You're never going to retrieve it anyway. So Yordin Lashisin, it's gone. Yordin Lashisin, forget about it. But no, here we're saying Yordin Lashisin, Ein Mo'alan Behem, sounds like you still, even though it went out to the Shisin, you still have access to them. That is Lema Rabbi Lazarbet Sadoki. The E, Rabbanon, Hanachtu Lahula time. There it is, the time. Not just Rabbi Safar, but the Gemara says that if it was the Rabbana, they're going down into the abyss never to be seen again. So it sounds by the fact that there's even a discussion of Me'ila of these that it's Rabbi Lazar Tzadok. Says the Gemara, however, this could even go according to Rabbana. I already gave it away. Yes, it does go down into the eternal abyss, but abyss, but there's a filter. And it is that filter that intercepts them, and that's what we've been talking about all the time. Or, that those who say, that it's the abyss is talking about, the Mishnah is talking about Lazar, the year of Lazar, wow, one might have thought, on the contrary, that the whole idea that there's Ein Mo'alin Bahem is that it is only because it's going down that far. But if it was Rabbi Lazar, then it's still, there's a Havimine here, that what? That because it, it reached the Shisin and the Shisin were so shallow that the actual procedure and mitzvah hasn't been accomplished yet. So it is at this, and, and therefore that 
would still be, in fact, subject to the Mila. In other words, when the Mishnah says, in Mila, there's no Mila once it's been poured, then, then maybe that would only be true if it was going into an abyss. But if it was still, right, flowing along these shallow pipes, so then maybe it's, there would be an Isser of Mila. So the Gemara, no. The Gemara says, no, we're going to define, right, what the mitzvah of the Nisu Chayayin is now. And we're going to see that both according to Rabbi Lazar, right, um, Bart, Sadok, and the Rabbanon, there is no longer, right, going to be an Isser of Mi'ila once it reaches the Shishin, regardless of how shallow or deep they are. As the Gemara says, the Filo Tamer of Lazar, and the Chadavar Shinasa Mitzvah Mo'alinba. Once the mitzvah is already done, there's no longer going to be Mo'ila. And as we say, once the wine was already poured, the mitzvah is concluded. This is where the Tosvos here says, What I've just discussed, Tosvos points out, not so pashat. We have an alternative reading in the Gemara Me'iliad Aleph. The Girsaos are all over the map over here. And so it's not 100% clear. Uh, Tosos likes the way we're learning it here. It seems klar. And, and Tosos is just basically alerting you. When we learn Me'ila, Bezat Hashem, if we find the Gemara Me'ila confusing, we will refer back to Gemara Memtesim and Bez in Zukkah and say this is really the Pshat. The Gemara Me'ila had a little bit of a confused um, confused Pshat. Confused gears, I should say. Uh, and our Pshat is actually pretty straightforward. Uh, the way that our Pshat is working now is that once you've poured it, you've done the mitzvah of Nisuch, and therefore there is no Me'ila once it reaches the Shisin, regardless, regardless of whether you hold the Rabbalazim and Tzadok or the Rabbanon. Now, four lines down in the wide, on the Testament Beis, Amar Ishlakish, Bizman Shemis, Naschin Yain Al Gabay Mizbeach, Pokikin Es Hashisin, Lakayim Hashanemar, Bakodesh Asech Nesach Shechai Lashem. That during the time that you pour the wine on the Mizbeach, you have to plug up the shisin a little bit, not at the top, so it just like pours all over the floor, but rather a little bit further down. You're going to put in some, right, something to stop it up. Why? You know, it be kind of the idea in, in this Pasuk that it says, right, the, the Pasuk we already uh, mentioned earlier, that it should look like, like a, so to speak, like a person drinking wine. What does this drinking wine mean? Like this, my mashma, what are you talking about? Amr Papa, Shechar is Lashon Shtiya, Lashon Sviya, Lashon Shechrus. We say Shechar, it has like this triple connotation of drinking to contentment and becoming somewhat intoxicated. Okay, so what's the significance of that? Uh, well, uh, after the pool of wine is formed, uh, by the way, you would pl- take away the... Um, the plug and let it go all the way down. But so long as you're actually pouring the wine, you want it to look like a person who's drinking the wine with all of these aspects uh, therein, right? As we continue to say the following, Amar Papash, Mamina, Ki Sava Inish Chamra Mi Sava. Says Rav Papa that when a person gets satiation from um, wine, he's getting a satiation in his throat. He becomes sated from his throat, as Rashi points out, Right, you take gulps, and then they fill up the throat, and and it's not like it's not like getting it a lot of wine in your in your uh, stomach, right? Um, with little with little sips. That's not the point. The point isn't to take little sips, like they say, like uh, when you when you want to hydrate and you're going down. What's better, gulps or sips? I think Chaim Wisman 
Shlita used to say gulps. Um, right? So here we're learning a little life hack from Rashi that when you want to be satisfied from food, you should graze and nibble, 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 slow, 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 little bit at a time, eat your food slowly, but drink uh, with gulps. Okay. So anyways, because drinking with gulps is the way to go, we want to make it look like the Mizbeach is, is, so to speak, drinking with gulps, and so we stop it up, and we want to look like it's actually gulping down this wine. It gives that effect, because like it's full. Uh, I'm a Rava. To that, Rava said, Even a young yeshiva bacher who doesn't have a lot of wine, he should swallow the wine in gulps so that he gains the most from what little he does have. Or similarly, a practice that Rashi points out is basically he's chugging. Rava used to chug. Rava akasa de virchasa agama gemue. Right? When he had the kos shel bracha, akasa de virchasa, he used to chug it uh, to show his love for it. Rashi. Derech sviya mishum chivuv mitzvah. To show his love for the mitzvah, he would take the chug. Okay, and now, okay, with 10 minutes left, Darsh Rava. What's the meaning when it says, How lovely are your steps and sandals, the daughter of a Nadiv? Well, The steps of Klal Yisrael, Bishasha Olin Laregel. Ah, the steps is all Laregel, right? When did we step? When we go Laregel? Bas Nadiv is Bitoshal Avramin Shrikon Nadiv. The daughter of Nadiv. The Klal Yisrael is the daughter of our forefather Avram Avinu. He is the Nadiv. The Nadiv is, right, the benefactor. Okay. In modern Israeli parlance, the Ramat HaNadiv is, not meant, is named for Baron Rothschild, who made more than 20 settlements in all of Israel. He really funded the original Chalutzin of Israel. You have to read, uh, strain, um, what was it, Strangers in the Holy Land. Awesome book about Miskarit Batya, which was one of those cities. These were yeshiva guys. There's a whole rabbi and a whole story. Um, his body was then moved to Eretz Yisrael, but basically that was served a liaison between yeshiva guys uh, who he turned into horrible, but uh, farmers who learned more Mishnais than agriculture. And the Baron Rothschild was interested in agriculture. And somehow he was able to diplomatically um, get these places, these places funded, Ms. Garrett Batya being one of them. He once jogged to Ms. Garrett Batya. It's not so far from Beit Shemesh. Um, okay, it's on the way to the Weizmann Institute. Be that as it may, uh, I, I can't uh, help but mention Ramatan Nadiv. I believe Baron Rothschild is buried there. It's right near Zichron Yaakov, and there's a picture at his Levaya where all of the representatives of like the 25 communities that he personally funded had a little bit of earth with the name of that community, a sack of earth with the name of that community, and they stood in a line, and it is with those earths from those communities that they covered um, his body at his kavura. Wow. Anyway, the Nadiv of which we speak is the OG Nadiv, Avram Avinu, original Nadiv, in that he represented the very aspect of Chesed, the first person who did Kiruv, the first person who did a lot of things. Shneimar Nadive Amim Nesfu Am Elokei Avraham in Tehillim. Right? What do you mean Elokei Avraham? Says the Gemara Elokei Avraham below Elokei Yitzchak Yaakov. Yeah, Ella Elokei Avraham Shayatchila LeGerim. He was the one. He made Gerim. He was the first Kiruv person. So he was an Nadiv. He was a person of Chesed. So finishing up that pasuk and Shir Shirim Tanu Veirubianon Ma'idchsev Chamukei Yerechaich. Getting back to this, what are these roundness of your thighs? What are we talking about? Why are like thighs? Just like it's good to keep your thighs 
uh, private, so too, Torah, it's, it's okay to be in a private setting. As Rashi says, Nistarim kiyuch shekavar the Torah b'tzina. You don't have to stand on top of a tower or b'shuk, like it says in my cotton. You could do it b'tznias. We already quoted the, this pasuk. He told you what's good. Right. So we already said um, from this pasuk in Micha. What does Hashem want from you? You have to do mishpat and chesed and also be humble. Be just, be kind, and be humble. Okay. Asos mishpat, be just, zehadin. This is talking to what our school calls, actually, not just setting up courts, but the law governing human decency. I love that. Thank you, Rav Chaim Zemelinu for that translation. You should be decent. Ve'avas chesed, love kindness. Zug milos chasadim, that makes sense, chesed. But it's more than that. But we'll get to it. You should be discreet. You should be humble. Okay? You should be tzanua. leches. Now, leches, to go out, um, is associated with two very public things. As the Gemara says, Because as leches, with regards to the lech le this and lech le that, it is, in fact, associated with levayas and chasanas. But wait a minute. Those are very public things, after all. Says the Gemara, There are things that are done very public. And for those things, you should find some way to be that discreet in those ways. Be refined. So those things that are not supposed to be public, all the more so. Rashi points out, Right, that even though, and, and points out first of all, leches tov leleches el base avel, mileches el base mishta. This is kohelas. That's why the word leches is associated with the um, with the chasana and the levaya. And he says, even there, you should do b'mida noya. You should do it with snias, and you don't have to do it lahanhe kalas rosh be'atzmo. Make a fool of yourself, and all of this. It's not necessary. You could have some dignity. Or, if you're going to pay for it, is another uh, shot. Don't do so, right, um, and announce it to the world, but do so with less fanfare. Uh, shout out to Baltimore, which Ravasha Weiss calls the most Tsanua Torah community in America. Wow. That was encouraging to us indeed before moving to Baltimore. It's good if you're going to. Um, be in Gullus, not to have this shtaltz that you think that you're better and, and, and uh, to, to try to, to flaunt. Tznius is a massive value. Amar Belazar, Gadol Osa Tzedaka Yasser Mikolar Kabanus. If you're going to give Tzedaka, it's better than even, you know, even don't have the Kabanus, it's, it's a very sad thing. But doing Tzedaka is even better than that. Shinamar Osa Tzedaka Mishpat Nifchal Hashem Zavach. Straight up in Mishlei, that doing Tzedaka and Mishpat is better than Zvachim. Amar Belazar, Gadol Agmilos Chasadim Yater Minat Tzedaka. And as great as tzedakah is, gemilas chesed is even better. There's a pasuk in Asheah that says, when you're doing tzedakah, you're just putting seeds in the ground. Some of them are not even going to grow up. But the actual reaping is even better, and that is chesed, which is even better than tzedakah. As the Gemara spells out, Maybe there'll be a seed, maybe there won't be a seed growth if a person is seeding. 
putting in seeds. Adam koitzer vaday ochel. But if you are reaping, then you're certainly going to eat. Ba'amar Lazar ain't stuck a mishdalemes elafi chesed sheba. A fascinating idea. Now you might think that stucca is chesed. So why is chesed better than stucca? This is an interesting idea here. That even in giving stucca, the reward for tzedaka is according to the manner in which you give the tzedaka. And using the same pasuk, right? That the seeds is the tzedaka. Yeah, that's at the kernel of it, literally and figuratively. But the reaping is the way you do it, right? The way that you do the chesed of tzedaka. Rashi says, the hanasina is the tzedaka, fine. But what's the chesed? HaTorach. Like you bring, like to bring it to the house, or how much you give, or to know how much the person needs, or if you give it like bread, so give it to him like toasted, right? Or give him something to wear, concern, real concern, right? Or, or maybe make sure that he doesn't take and waste his money. Give him some financial assistance, right? As Rashi concludes, right? You have to give your seichel and your heart. To helping people. That's the chesed that's in the tzedakah is the highest form. Amazing. Middle of the page on Nantesim Bez. How far do we have? Only a couple of minutes. Tanar Banam. Bishlosh Advarim. Gdol Gmilz Chosadim. Yotamir Tzedakah. Tzedakah Bimamono. Tzedakah is with your money. Gmilz Chosadim. Bain Begufo. Bain Bimamono. Is where you could do it not just with money, but you could help in other ways. Tzedakah Lanim. Gmilz Chosadim. Bain Lanim. Bain Lashir. Gmilz Chosadim. You could do for anyone. Tzedakah l'chaim. Tzedakah you can only give people alive. Gemil chasadim. Once they're no longer alive, they don't need money at all. Bein l'chaim, bein l'mesim. Be'amar Rabbi Lazar, right? It's for alive or not alive. You could do a chesed shel emes for the deceased. Be'amar Rabbi Lazar, kol oset tzedakah. Mishpat kilo milay kol alam kulo chesed. If you do tzedakah mishpat, it's like you fill the world with chesed. Shenema arv tzedakah mishpat chesed. Hashem Allah arts to heal him. Person who does tzedakah mishpat chesed Hashem, he fills the earth. Shema toimer kol abalik fals kofets. Maybe you say anybody who wants to leap to this, he'll be successful. Right? How precious is your kindness? Not you can't always reach that. You might think that just because you're Yarashamaim that you could reach this lofty goal, not necessarily. That even right, his year of those who fear him, it's forever and ever, but it's tough. As Rashi says, you have to have Ahavas Chesed. Right, you might think it's going to come easy, not necessarily. You have to chase it. Kofets, Rashi says, must speak him. You have to go and find the right people. Right, you have to lead troach v'leudofacharei. This is avas chesed, chasing chesed. Even those who are good people aren't always going to get it. Seven lines down, Amar Chamer, seven lines from the bottom. Call Adam Shiyeshalav Chain Biadush Yerushalmayim. If you see a person that is Chain, you know he's a Yerushalmayim. Rabbi Rose, Rabbi Hauer, Barry Nussbaum, Andrew, and others. Right? When you see a person who has chain, you know he's a Yerushimaim. Shinamar Chesed Hashem Olam Bar Olam Al Yerav. Grace of Hashem is on all of those. Amar of Lazar, Eshes Chayel, Mai Dechsev, Pia Pascha Bechachma, Vetorah Chesed Al Lashona. Vechiesh Torah Shachesed, Vechiesh Torah Shaina Chesed. What does it mean? Vetorah Chesed Al Lashona. There's no such thing as Torah without Chesed. El Torah Lishma Zui Torah Shal Chesed. Person learns Torah Lishma, it's Chesed. Shalom Lishma Zui Torah Shain Chesed. If you learn it for some other, if nefarious reason, it's not going to be. Uh, chesed. If you're learning to teach and to be part of it, it's chesed. However, if you're just learning in an ivory tower and you're not interacting, that's a Torah that's not so chesed. Two dots, uh, two lines up from the bottom. Everybody, looking forward to seeing you live tomorrow at Jacob Shari Zan.